Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Hey, how you doing? I care. Don't don't do any this this world is exploding, but I still care about you. We're going to be together till the end, till the till either the Russians get us or the North Koreans. I don't know, but you know, like we're cool. I got your back, right? So, uh, you know what I have to do? I've got some housekeeping because we're Radio Free Brooklyn is having a show at the well first Thursdays again. So I got to tell you about it. It's, uh, it's, you know, we have so much fun there. You should totally come. The first Thursdays at the well, we have like all the, all the hosts show up and we, we, we have great bands and we party. We have fun. So come to this. Uh, here's the bands who are playing Voreen, Strep Throat, and Even Twice. Where do they come up with these names? So it's Monday, April 5th, starts at 8, and it's at the Well, which is at 272 Messerol Street. Costs $8 in advance and $10 at the door. So go and get your tickets now at rfb.nyc slash tickets. And let's see if there's anything else that I need to tell you on here as I'm reading through it, why I'm talking to you. The word deviant glory is in the copy. How's that? Let's just go with that. I think that sounds great. Uh, okay. Well, I am, this is a big, this is a big day for me because, uh, it is. Every day is kind of a big day for me. I can't believe I'm still functional at this point in my life, but, I have Emily Flake on today, and you may know who she is, you may not, I don't know, but if you know anything about cartoons, New Yorker cartoonist on my actual show, she's right here in front of me, I'm looking at her, she's sort of a little bit giggling, but you know, she's used to it, she's used to it, she's a New Yorker cartoonist, a very modest one, so um, if I give out all these superlatives, I want to. I will be watching her silent, her silent reaction. Uh, but here's what I want you to know about Emily. Okay. Emily, uh, is a really, really good cartoonist. And you can, that's not debatable because she has a contract with the New Yorker and all this other stuff. She also has this really, um, cool book. And this is part of what I personally, personally appreciate about her. Here's the title of the book. It's called Mama Tried Dispatches from the seamy underbelly of modern parenting and it's from grand central publishing so you should go and look it up by whatever but the thing about that i love about one of the many things that i love about emily's work is that she is real about parenting and as somebody i respect people that want to have parent that want to have parents that want to that want to be parents have kids but I hate the bullshit way it's idealized. And I also don't like the way that people are kind of, you know, uh, the, 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 um, false narrative around becoming a parent that it's so great. You don't know what you're missing that. And Emily's real about that. I imagine real about other things. So hello, Emily Flake. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. Uh, can you help describe your work a little bit? Because I gave it a shot, but maybe you could you could 
you could probably do it better. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to talk about your own work sometimes, like because it feels like I don't know, it feels braggy or or yes, yeah, or the opposite of braggy. She's really modest. We um, gotta watch out for this. I'm telling you right now. So, um, most of my work involves foibles. Um, so I I sort of trawl the uncomfortable places, I guess. Um, I mean, especially in regards to motherhood and that kind of thing, um, because that's where that's where the funny lies, I think. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that I also was talking about with you before we got on the air is that I love how subversive your work is. And I think it actually pushes, from my way of thinking, it pushes the New Yorker into a more, I hate to use this word, cooler, but like less uptight, more, more, a little bit like, a little like, in, a little more in your face than than you normally think, right? You're on the uh, you're on the edge of that. <laughs> Am I on the edge spectrum? I hope so. Yeah, I, I mean, hope so. <laughs> it's like if, if a white forty year old middle class mom is like, I mean, <clears throat> if I'm their best hope for edge, then I don't know. Maybe we're all fucked. But uh, but no. That that said, I think that I have um, I have brought a certain sensibility to the New Yorker that is maybe a little less monocally. Yeah, if that's a word. Can you can you describe? Because I'm not going to remember it. But do you have like a comic one like single frame or that you could describe that might uh, give people who aren't looking at and who are looking at their computer screens at work an idea of what what that limit might be? Give us one of your edgier ones. Um, so I think one of the first ones that I sold that I felt like I kind of pushed it a little bit and was surprised and pleased that they went for was um, two women in a bathroom and one of them's, you know, doing a line off the counter and the other girl is looking sort of, you know, disapproving and the woman blowing the rail is saying, don't give me that look, it's fair trade. <laughs> um, so I was, yeah, I was, that, I was like, shit, they went for it. So That's that was a nice. a cocaine joke. I yeah, love it. Yeah. But, but, but it's so New Yorker because it still has the fair trade aspect, exactly. the liberal yeah. fair trade aspect. I got to go high-low on that one. I love it. I love it. So you know what I'm talking about, guys. Uh, there's a lot to discuss with Emily, and we were chatting before, and we're trying to figure out. One of the things that I really appreciate about Emily is obviously, like as some, I am somebody, and I've talked about this before, that thinks that we're sold a bill of goods, particularly women, about parenting and stuff like that. And Emily is is real about it. Um, we were talking and you said you knew that you always wanted to be a mother, right? Yeah, I always knew that I wanted like particularly like one kid. Um, mm. And um, and yeah, so that wasn't that wasn't really like a question um, I mean, probably when I was in high school or something like that, I was like, I'm never going to have kids. But um, yeah, I always felt well, pretty what, solid. What, what about you? Did you did you like, are you are you an only child? Or are you no, kid? no, I have an older sister. She's four and a half years older. Um, mm-hmm. And she has three kids, well, sort of four. She adopted a, a teenager not too long ago. Well, that's that's a whole that's other impressive. thing. impressive. We could spend an hour with her. Oh, whew, could you ever? Where is um, she? Is she in Brooklyn? No, 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 no. She lives in uh, Spencer, Massachusetts, Bummer. which is near too Worcester. Far. Yes, okay. Um, but she had her first kid um, when she was like 17. I was 13. And, you know, I was like, that looks hard. Um, so, yeah, I would. Wow. I was a fairly attenuated age to start having kids. Okay. So did you know you wanted to have kids before your sister had a kid? That's amazing that you saw that up so close. Um, I mean, I don't think I was necessarily in the headspace to start thinking about whether or not I wanted to have kids at 13. But I will say that it um, definitely, by the time I started having sex, I was like, I am going on the pill. And um, I grew up 
in Connecticut where you could basically just go to Planned Parenthood and be like, I want the pill. And they're like, here's the pill. So, so you had a very realistic view of parenthood. I'm imagining. Now, was your sister your sister's pregnant at 17? Was mm-hmm. she in high school? Um, she had dropped out. Um, was it an accident? Well, I mean, it's just accidental. Like you know, she, a she knew how how babies were made. She actually, I'm totally telling tales out of school here. She ran away with the best friend of her boyfriend at the time um, to Florida, and when she with came the baby, back, was sorry with the baby. No, they uh, ran away they together. Ran away. And then she got pregnant while they were on on runaway. What do you call it when you when you have runaway? On it's the not, lamb. It's not a vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that was that was that. Um, wow, that sounds tough. Um, I yeah, it was uh, it's a weird time. Was that really hard on your parents? Um, yeah, they had a they. Well, it was hard when they didn't know where she was. You know, I mean, was there a huge freakout in your house at that time? Um, you know, I honestly remember it just being really quiet. You know, nobody was home. <laughs> they didn't like your parents didn't have a fit or um how did they react? That's a really good question. I just remember them being worried, but like we didn't like discuss it as a as a family Whoa. or anything like that. So you're not Jewish? No, no. Okay. We <laughs> I'm about as waspy as it's yeah, humanly possible to get. I think that's tough, don't you, that they didn't talk about it? That must have really affected you. Um, yeah, in retrospect, I guess so, because I didn't really talk to, to anybody about it. Um, and I remember when my sister came back and, you know, she told my parents that she was pregnant. My my mother was really, was furious. Um, and my dad was really just like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be like, you know, we'll help you. Blah, blah, blah. Bullshit, so, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's bullshit. I'm not buying it. Um, dad, yeah, I'm sure, you're, you know, I love you anyway, but. Right. <laughs> but, um but yeah, so they had they had differing views, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, it was you know I think when you're 13 or so you don't really have a sense of whether or not this is like a normal or an abnormal situation. No, no but yeah. I mean um, at that I, at that age I had a friend whose mom was dating a guy who didn't know she had kids, and my friend lived in the apartment with her mom, but the mom had told her to call her by her first name so that this guy didn't know, and I would like didn't know that she had kids. And, you know, at 13, you're like, all right, that's cool. I won't, I'll try not to let on that that's your mom. And in retrospect, I'm like, oh my God, that is so fucked up. Yeah, I'm not even saying fucked up or not. I'm right. just saying that in many households, that would have been like a big explosion. Right. And, you know, for whatever reason, your household, I mean, it's it's explosion worthy and it wasn't in your household. Was, um. Yeah, it was sort of a, it was a quieter, a quieter explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did how did your sister fare was there ever discussion about an abortion if there was i wasn't privy to it. are your parents or is your family religious is it a religious thing or? no not not particularly did um, she want to have the baby she did want to have the baby mm-hmm. yeah and so was it uh how did that work out like did she get married did she move out what happened um, so she and her boyfriend lived with us for a while um they did get married um and then they they moved out you know, to some apartment somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that kind of fell apart when, when her son was like two and a half. And then she had a, she had a really hard, um, uh, psychological time for, for a bit there. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, because her life was super fucked up. Yeah. I think her, her life being super fucked up led to some, you know, led to some breakdowny things. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, that was, that I remember being sort of like more, uh, of like a, I was about to say like a wet explosion 
<laughs> then um mm-hmm. yeah but that might have been because i was also like more a little more aware when that was going on did you guys talk about it much were you close to her um i was we haven't i mean at the time at the time we did well i mean for a while there she wasn't really able to talk about it. i mean she kind of couldn't like she was really really like out of it out of it mm. um so it wasn't like a thing that we could discuss per se directly um, couldn't talk about it directly but yeah. just wasn't right yeah were you worried about her? Were you afraid? Oh, yeah. Were yeah. you afraid? Yeah, I was, I was very worried about well, her. Were, what did the worry look like? Um, what I mean, kind of things? I just didn't know if she was ever coming back. I mean, not when she ran away. I mean, I, when she was sort of like uh, mentally not there mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was almost like she had died, but she was still alive. Mm-hmm. So did she get any help? Did she, she? Yeah, she spent she she spent as much time in the mental hospital as our insurance would pay for um two weeks they will pay for two weeks oh, that's too um, bad. and um i don't really know exactly what her medication story was but she just kind of slow and now she's she's fine well, you did know? you go visit her and stuff uh in the hospital i did yeah so that's tough right was that must that must have been hard hard yeah, on you it was hard thank god your parents didn't make a big deal about it <laughs> <laughs> or it would have been a lot worse oh yeah but anyway it's all happy now now she has like you just said four kids, right? Yeah. Um, so her eldest is 27. He's awesome. He's mm-hmm. he's getting married in October. Um, yeah, he is like a proper young man with like a J-O-B and a sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually asked him once, I'm like, do you ever think like, you know, having been born to a teen mom, like, you know, and like your early years were kind of like dodgy. I'm like, do you think that affected you at all? He's like, no, no. He's like, I mean, I really, 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 really don't like change or um, instability at all, but I don't think it affected me. Like, <laughs> you're fucking adorable. Um, I want to do a family therapy. Your 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 family's so waspy and unmined. It could be a lot. There's right. a lot to work with. There's, there, there's a lot stuff. Of, a lot of uh, covered, you know, under stones. There's layers. Layers, yeah. Um, but yeah, her other two are uh, 16 and 18, and then um, the kid she adopted, I think, may or may not have just turned 18 um yeah that's been a whole thing so did she get married to the guy or what's the deal is there a man in the house or so she was married again um in her in her mid-20s to um the father of her two younger kids um and then they divorced i think like 10 years ago or so and now she's been with a guy for god i don't know almost a decade maybe so Um, really stable house right really stable household (laughs) right is that right? I mean, it is now. Yeah. 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 That's so cool, right? Yeah. No, I mean, and she's a nurse. She's, you know, she she takes care of business. See, you can get through this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I think that that really sort of gave me a less precious view of of motherhood and family and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, because, you know, you, you see, once you see a 17 year old do it, I feel like you can't be like, oh, this is precious and crazy. And, but, you know, it's like, I don't know. My sister was a kid and she got through it. Right. So you were actually disillusioned with motherhood at an early age. Um, I think I just sort of had more of a sense of it. It, it was demystified. For demystified me is better yeah. than disillusioned. Yeah. So how, so it didn't, you did, didn't make you question like, I don't want to do this or did it just make it seem like, oh, I could do this? Um, I, you know, honestly, it wasn't really at the forefront of my mind throughout like my right, 20s. You, were... you know, I just kind of figured I will. This is something that I will do at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one thing that's that's true of having kids like, you know, later in life after you've sort of, you know, had, like started a career, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because we're in a position to really curate our lives in a way that was not available, especially to women until like fairly recently. Oh yeah, like, you're right. Yeah. You know, I feel like 
you know, having this kid feels like another curated step with all the attendant sort of, (laughs) you know, anxieties and like, what if I fuck it up? What if I don't do it right? Like, you know, should I be doing this, et cetera, et cetera? You know, instead of it's just a it's just a thing you do. It's a biological, you know, imperative or whatever. I don't think it, you know, I feel like a lot of um, too much credence and stress is put on it kind of one way or the other, you know, Mm. whether it's, whether it's like, you know, idealized in this like Instagram Mm. mommy blog kind of way, Mm -hmm. or whether it's like catastrophized in this, you know, scaremongering, like, you Mm -hmm. know, don't fuck it up kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so let's go to the husband aspect of it. So you have a, you, you had a baby with the person you were married to. Yes. Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't always conventional, which Mm -hmm. we don't take for granted at all. Right. Uh, so how did you, did you date a lot in high school or did you have a lot of boyfriends before him or where were you in the relationship spectrum? So I had a steady boyfriend in high, like from when I was about 15 to when I was 17. Um, and you know, that was like, you know, my first love, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's a whole other thing. And then I, you know, when we broke up, I had, oh God, I had some guy that I dated for like a year that now I'm just like, oh, he's gross. But then in college, I only just, one. Jesus. No, well, that was that was like my second major relationship. Okay. I mean, I definitely have a lot of like one night stands. Where I'm like, Ugh, gross, why? Um, but yeah, I would say from, you know, around college to like my mid 20s, um, you know, I would have relationships and then just bounce around and be like the neighborhood bike for a little while mm-hmm. um, and, you know, kind of go in and out of that <clears throat> of that emotional space it sounds like uh dating wasn't a big um issue for you one way or the other like you know you didn't overthink it right um i did sometimes when i wasn't like you know if i went through like a long dry spell i spiraled into like what's wrong with me like yeah um but yeah it's it's funny because it's been a very long time since i was in any kind of dating space at all so i'm like oh yeah what did I used to like <laughs> what did used to bum me out? Yeah, but I mean you're you're somebody that is comfortable in a relationship, doesn't need yeah. you know, it's not like you had a big right, we're not you know, dating isn't like this this whole conversation's not gonna focus on dating. Right. <laughs> um so how old were you when you met your now husband? Like what happened there? Um, I was 26. Um I had just started we both used to work for a record distributor called Caroline. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we met. Mm-hmm. So I was 26. We worked together. Um, and yeah, we just sort of became this like workplace romance kind of situation. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you knew him. It sounds so healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It's super lazy. <laughs> like, well, we sit next to each other. You will do. Um, uh-huh. yeah, no, I, I, I got very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's a, he is a solid individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that went pretty how long did you date before you got married let's see we started dating in 2004 and we got married in 2009 Mm -hmm. and you lived together we lived together pretty soon after i bet right Mm -hmm. yeah and is your relationship i bet it's pretty smooth it is i mean we have a really like (laughs) um it's it is yeah it's a very stable like a stable loving relationship it sounds like shit. super boring to say but yeah like and i am holy uh, shit and i am down with like the boring parts of relationship i mean we both work from home we're around each other all the time um we genuinely like each other which uh-huh. i think is kind of a key thing uh-huh. um and yeah he is a he has he has a lot fewer gray areas than i do like he he doesn't he doesn't equivocate, you know, he doesn't doubt himself. He doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't do a whole lot of dithering. He just kind of 
is who he is and like he ha- he has a much clearer moral sense than i do i'm always like well but if and he's like no what does um, what does he do um he buys and sells records um and record collections and he uh, runs a small record label so he really he's really into we got to get him on here at radio free brooklyn yeah yeah <laughs> so he's really into music mm-hmm. and i'm guessing you probably are too yeah i mean as, as a uh as a, a fan and a seller more than a participant i never learned to play anything so Right. Um, so there's that. So have you guys like gone to, so is, are you, do you feel like you're involved partly in music business? Or? Um, he is. And I was, I, you know, it's, it's funny. We used to, um, we used to like have to go to shows for work, which kind of mm-hmm. took some of the fun out of it. Like, oh, gonna go see this band. Um, and now I feel like we, we don't go to shows super often because mm-hmm. we are old people now um and, and parents and parents and uh i'm you know i'm more likely to go out to a comedy thing especially because you know chances are i'll, you I'll be doing a comedy thing she works with comedians she performs you do these like slideshows of your work and you talk about them and stuff like exactly that. yeah i kind of show There's cartoons one coming up we'll talk about that later. and then i tell a funny story and then i show some more cartoons um mm-hmm. i did that um i uh I actually did that opening for a band called Jawbreaker, which I was a huge, huge fan of. Um, oh, that's cool. As a kid. Oh, and so cool. that 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 combined everything uh, into an interesting sort of time burrito. Um, <laughs> time burrito. But uh but yeah. Um so what about let's what about like having the baby, the decision to have the baby, how's the how's having a baby who's now a five year old affected being married? Like what's what what's your realistic take on it? Honest. No, no, right. no, no waspy crap. Right, no waspy shit. God, how am I supposed to do this without waspy crap? Um it it really shows up shows where your cracks are. Um, like the things that you fight about are gonna get worse. Um for, for my husband and me, I think it's been more about time than anything else, especially since, you know, since we both kind of have our own businesses, essentially, like 99.9 of our uh, percent of our fights have been about like, I need time to work, I need time to work, I need time to work. Right. Um, so that's that's really that's really been the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gets easier and easier as she becomes like, mm-hmm. you know, older and more independent and and all this other stuff. So no um, diapers. No diapers thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got that out of the way as soon as possible. I mean, mm-hmm. I have friends who waited till their kids were like three and a half to toilet train. Them. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, yeah. do you like doing this? <laughs> um, so, yeah. But um, and we have I don't have a whole lot of compunction about like screen time. Like, fuck it. You know, screens raised me. So <laughs> are, but the, also the two of you are home together. Do you mm-hmm. think that makes it easier or harder? Because are you home with the child? Yeah. Um, uh, well, she's in school she's in, now. She's in school, and, bef- and you know, she was in daycare from the time she was like a, a small baby. So um, we've always had time at home without her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes it easier. In, well, it makes it easier in a lot of ways in terms of like we don't have to worry about a commute. Like we're not like coming home at seven, you know, have half an hour with her and then try to get mm-hmm. her to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it we're a lot more flexible than a lot than other couples or people who have kids. Um, can be which is which is really really helpful yeah so don't feel that bad no but there's a huge there's a huge downside because you don't have corporate business health insurance and all this other stuff you don't have you don't have like a regular paycheck no um you know and uh my you know my income is very up and down i'm also Mm -hmm. i'm also fucking horrible with money i pretty much just have like my understanding of money is i have some or i have none (laughs) (laughs) um and my husband 
thankfully is the exact opposite like mm-hmm. he is he is a frugal saver type that's good um, that's good and you respect that so i do that's good yeah we, and this might be key too we do not i mean we we split things down the middle but our finances are not combined at all like we don't have a joint bank oh. account we don't have like the same credit cards like i have my money he has his money oh that's cool and it's like we're good. responsible for coming mm-hmm. up with half the thing so what what changed what changed the most after you had the baby in your relationship it good good bad both um that's a good question um i kind of don't remember what it was like before we had the baby honestly like um i i started drinking a lot less just out of necessity um i i do still drink but you know it's it's a lot harder to get through the day um and also you're a wasp i'm a wasp yeah (laughs) um yeah and yeah in some way i will say and this sounds really pollyanna-ish of me but like one of my greatest joys has been like watching him become like a dad oh you because know? oh, that sounds hot yeah it does this, i mean this was like this was his first real experience i don't think he had held a baby before he held really? his own baby you know really? so that's been this that's been this whole thing watching uh. his delight in this person is just like you know it deep everything deepens in a in a in a in a way that i don't know if i would have been able to anticipate mm-hmm. um, Do you, can you tell who's going to make good parents and who isn't because some people are really cut out for it and some people aren't right yeah do you think that um what do you think i think that's true i think that's true although i think people surprise themselves you know there i mean and also sometimes the people that you think like oh they're gonna be a fucking monster they turn mm-hmm. out fine mm-hmm. and some people who really seemed all in for it like it's hard like it's not because I think if you if you go into it like really like I want to be a parent, blah, 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 it's like you think it's going to be one way, and then when it's not, you know, it depends on your capacity mm-hmm. to sort of like handle things not going the way you wanted them to, to handle disappointment and tedium, and you know, like mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I think a, a capacity for tedium is a good <laughs> is a good trait. <laughs> and you feel like you guys pretty much share. Like you, you it doesn't sound like you have a lot of tension about who's carrying the burden or no not too much um i mean there are times when you know there are definitely times when we like kind of just feel like oh i did this i need a couple hours to but we also um sleep on pretty different schedules he goes to bed much earlier and he wakes up just at like you know at the crack of dawn just naturally uh, and i am the exact opposite oh, I'm, I'm often you up work till, all night yeah um and I mean, I wake up earlier than I used to. If I had, you know, my natural schedule is like sleep from like three or four to like nine or 10. But I mean, um, now it's more like I go to sleep around between midnight and two and I'm usually up by around like 730. Oh, OK. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. Here's my here's my here's my analysis of okay. uh, parenting from what I've learned from you. I think that uh, as as no surprise here that having a solid relationship and also having the maturity and the ability to have a solid relationship with a partner mm-hmm. is a pretty good basis for having a relationship. It turns out having yeah. a child. I think that's a big key thing. You know, people people kind of, you know, down stability to a certain uh, extent, you know, like like there's that sort of feeling of um, like, uh, is it boring? Is it tedious? Et cetera, et cetera. I feel like when I describe my marriage, it sounds like it's super dull. It's not. It's just stable. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. And and it's and people, it's cool to have a stable relationship. Yeah. But um, it also sounds like you 
had pretty realistic expectations, which it also seems like you aren't looking for. This is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that I think your ego, your, your, uh, your ego seems really in check. So I think that that really helps because I think a lot of times people look to their relationships and their accomplishments, including babies, to sort of shine a positive light right. on them and right. i don't think you have that invested um i guess not yeah quite uh, quite quite as much well i think of myself as sort of like a, a, a pessimist optimist you know like sort of expect the worst but be like happy mm-hmm. with, you know when it doesn't like turn out that way mm-hmm. um so yeah hmm. so that's another i that's also another keep our eventual key. death in my mind at all times so <laughs> i think that's a helpful way to think like none of this really matters because the grave awaits all of us <laughs> So I want to do another station. I have to do a station ID. This is Go another part, part of my job. So I already told you guys about the well, right? And I pointed out that the words, the word strep throat is in here. Deviant glory, uh, old favorites, and new material from upcoming release. But go and get your tickets. Okay, get them now. Go to the Radio Free Brooklyn website because they're cheaper. And you can save $2, which you can then buy some other person a drink and maybe get to like have sex with them after i don't know how else to sell it uh anyway so it's dr lisa from dr lisa gives a shit i'm having a wonderful conversation here with my guest cartoonist new yorker cartoonist emily flake who is realistic about parenting okay that's all um so we had talked about i'd asked you emily if i asked emily you guys if she had ever been in therapy and she gave me uh, this answer, which was, go ahead. Uh, yeah, briefly, a few a few summers ago, um, I had reached a point in my life where um, my general sense of like self-loathing and imposteriness had sort of reached a pitch that was um, uncomfortable. Um, so there was a, a therapist like right up the road from me that like, you know, he he, seen, he was actually mm-hmm. really nice. He was a nice therapist. So I, I bought and I, I was flush with money from having sold the book. Um, so I blew some of that money on therapy. Oh, what it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was nice. I it mean, helped you at the time. Yeah, I think so. It felt kind of nice. Um, it, it, it always feels a little, I don't know, it feels a little weird. Like, you know, it's all, even when I go to the doctor, you know, I'm just like this, I guess it's a, it's fine. Whatever. And I'm not trying to like be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. You don't have to help me. But like, it just feels it feels weird talking about like your problem problems because like taking yeah. yourself seriously yeah. making oh, yourself really God, important it's the, worst. it's the worst yeah making yourself really important yeah. where 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 does that come from making yourself not too important <laughs> let me show you a picture of me at 12 um yeah i don't know i was uh i was a, a, a tubby and poorly socialized kids with glasses and my last name is flake so you do the math I, on that i didn't think of that yeah right. So is there anything that we could talk talk about today? Some free therapy, maybe? Some free therapy, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of experience, notes, certificates. Um, can you write scripts? Because that's all. I do uh, actually have yeah. scripts. Yeah. Right here. I'll Ex- show you. Uh, For real. Yeah. Th- that's exciting. I've been trying in the worst way to get an Adderall prescription, but um, interesting. I'll give you one. Excellent. Thank you. Do. Thank you. Do you um, like Adderall for real? Um, you know, I... I actually have some that um, I stole out of someone's medical nice. cabinet. Um, nice. Um, see, I love that. Yeah, and good luck 
keeping your contract at the New Yorker now. I know, (laughs) seriously. Uh, Emily Flake, prescription thief. Um, (laughs) No, no, it's okay. And my dad has a prescription for it, and he actually, like, gave me some. And I have it sort of in reserve for a rainy day, but, like, Um, everything I read about it, I'm like, this sounds like exactly what I need. Like, it helps you focus and, like, shut, like quiet down the noises in your head that's like you're terrible you can't do anything well you're not a very Um, good pill ticker if you still have them in your cabinet but i will tell you i mean my business cards are literally prescription pads they're they say state of insanity and whatever but instead of state of new york but uh i cannot tell you how many times people are desperate for a prescription for adderall like right. they think they can re- like there's something about adderall i haven't taken it, in like, it, it but it sounds, sounds like the great. magic bullet you know like i don't i don't particularly feel like i want or need antidepressants mm-hmm. or anything like that or like downers mm-hmm. seem like i mean my problem is i'm sleepy like all the fucking time xanax is like the last thing i need i think my body just manufactures it itself mm-hmm. um, but like something that like wakes me up and helps me focus sounds like who fucking amazing who wouldn't want that yeah yeah free adderall maybe that would be a good platform for the next president oh, I think so. uh or solve the drug problem so is there a, like what's going on in your life is there an issue we can discuss mm, let's see i mean i feel like things are you know the the train is kind of is is pretty much moving um i do a lot of different things so i always feel like um I haven't really earned the right to do any of them. Um, what does that mean? So, you know, like I perform, but I can't really call myself a stand-up comic because, you know, like it's, you know, I haven't like come up through those ranks particularly. I'm a cartoonist, which I guess I feel pretty solid about. But like I, I my background is in illustration, which like I'm not that great at. Um, and so there's all these different things that like I've sort of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I've, I've, I have worn a lot of different hats without mm-hmm. necessarily You're good at a lot like, of different things. Well, that's a nice way of putting it. You know, funnily enough, I, I remember telling my uh, my high school boyfriend um, that I, you know, I'm like, there's a lot of things in this world I want to do. I'm like, I'm pretty cool with like being like sort of a jack of all trades. I don't know if I'm going to be like a master of any of them, but like jack of all trades is fine. And he was appalled by that. He was, really? Yeah. Yeah. He was just like, that's a bullshit way of thinking. He basically was like, that's a cop out. Like, that's a cop-out to avoid focusing. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and that's stuck, stuck um, with you. Uh, yeah, maybe it did. Maybe. Maybe I can blame him for that. Well, it is a... I, I mean, I have a theory about that because uh, I, I would put myself in that camp, um, except I'm a lot older than you. And uh, I think if you have a lot of different things that you're good at, I think learning to combine them and it developing all of them takes a lot longer Mm -hmm. so if you want to be like uh really successful right off the bat then you should do this one thing and do it really well and just keep doing it right maybe like chuck close or something like that (laughs) you know just do that do those portraits forever and that's a great really direct way for success but we must honor what we do right right so, um, but I, it seems like, yeah, it seems like the imposter theme is a theme, theme for you, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I wonder if it gets in your way. Um, probably. Um, you know, and I'm also like super easily, uh, distracted. Um, and you know, like beginning a thing is always a little, it's always a little tough. Um, and yeah. So what do you mean by beginning a thing? Like getting actually get like I procrastinate like a motherfucker. Like, you know, like and I will I will fall down an internet rabbit hole like nobody's business. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, I feel like anybody who procrastinates, there's, you, you know, the, the cycle of self-flagellation and, uh, oh. yeah, that whole thing. Oh, um, so that gets that, 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 that's not, it's that, not, it's not great. It's not a great way to work. It's, <laughs> maybe I should take those fucking Adderalls. Maybe, maybe you should own your, let, why don't we celebrate your procrastination? Maybe that's what we need to do. Ah, mm. uh, interesting. What, what, uh, okay, so we don't like, is that, that's part of your creative process perhaps? Or what do you get out of procrastinating? Like what happens? How's it work out? Um, it's almost like I'm seeing like, how far can I push not doing the thing until like the deadline is actually here? Um, there's this, oh, fuck, I'm forgetting the name of the website, but they had this whole essay about like the, the dark playground. Um, I think if you just Google dark playground procrastination, somebody will find it. I love that. That's a good name for a band, by the way. It is. It is. But, you know, they describe like, you know, the fucking around when you haven't done the thing you're supposed to do is like being on a playground at night. You know, like there's stuff to do and it might be fun, but you're not supposed to be there. And you have this sense of like, oh, shit. So, Uh yeah, I spend a lot of time in the dark playground. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it serves a purpose for me or if it's just sort of like. I mean, even in school and definitely in college, it's like just bad, bad, bad. I mean, I got shitty grades, uh, but I did really well on standardized tests. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't like take the SATs professionally. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, that's. That's a whole, there's a TV show based on that, right? Yeah, there. seriously. Oh, you know what's sad is I actually opened up like a sample SAT not too long ago. And, you know, I opened up like the verbal ones. I'm like, this is fine. I got this. And then I opened up the math ones and I just started crying. I'm like, I don't understand what these questions mean anymore. Like, I mean, it has been so long since I did anything remotely resembling an algebra. I'm like, I will. Well, I've heard that it's all changed now anyway from somebody. Apparently there's new math. Yeah. Wait till your kids has to teach you it. Fuck. There's new, new math. <laughs> um, procrastinating. So how, how deep, deeply ingrained is your, per- like, is that a, is that a defense or is that just a personal trait? That's what I'm wondering, like an innate, innate trait. So how far back does it go? Like, do you remember, pro- like, oh, what God. is procrastinating? I mean, to you, it's definitely, it's a, like a lifelong, a lifelong uh, mm-hmm. personality. I mean, trait is a nice word for might be another um no no that's been, no flaws uh, this is this a non-judgmental space well um, um we're trying right <laughs> if it was you would not be here <laughs> i also think i mean certain things came really easily to me as a kid um mm-hmm. i i read i was a really early on like you know i uh my mom tells me i could like sit down and like read from the newspaper when i was like three so i was mm-hmm. like very precocious in some aspects and like super not precocious at all in other aspects. Mm -hmm. So I think like I had a sense early on that like this should be easy. And then when things weren't easy, I didn't really develop that thing of like, interesting knuckle down and work on this thing. Um, So, so yeah, I was never, I was never like a particularly like, I think I was probably a frustrating student because I would say things that they're like, you aren't dumb and yet you're failing English, literally failing English. So Uh, did you did you so there were things probably when you were really little that like people were were you one of those you know uh, toddlers that people were shocked by like oh my god she can do this and she can like just certain things um yeah just just certain things you know and i mean like 
you know, I don't think I was like trotted around or anything no, like that, but, but yeah, but it, there were definitely, I mean, I think people thought it was cool that I could read and I, you know, I was, I always like to draw and stuff like that. So I had, you know. Right. So you have like, so do you think that you got like, I'm picturing you as a small child getting like some kind of outside positive reaction from something you did more than the other kids might have more than you witnessed in other kids possibly yeah i mean i definitely i probably got you know praised in one way or or another for you know for reading um i definitely remember being in like first grade or something like that where everybody has to read like part of a book and the other kids are like struggling with it and just thinking oh my god what's what's wrong with you um, but then, you know, you'd sit a math problem in front of me and be like, I don't know what this means. Right. So. So I wonder if there's something ingrained about I, it sounds like it could be a double edged sword. Like on one hand, uh, you got a lot of attention for doing something that was easy for you, which mm-hmm. could be potentially embarrassing because mm-hmm. other kids hate you. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, uh, since you're so naturally gifted at a certain thing, why would you? Why isn't everything so easy? Right, right. Um, and I think in some ways being, you know, having a, a knack for something can make you really lazy, you know, because it's like uh, you're given this and unless you really kind of like knuckle down to it, you just sort of take it for granted. I think that's that's definitely a thing. Yeah, I think that sounds really natural. Mm. Uh, did you get shit for not doing well in school? Um, or was it okay? Did they say, well, you know, Emily's great at certain things? You know, by the time I, it really started to be a thing, like in high school and everything like that, you know, my parents had other, I mean, you know. Oh, because your sister was pregnant. Yeah. So fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I. <laughs> Emily's doing fine. <laughs> yeah, Emily is not pregnant. So, <laughs> like, I never dropped out of school. Uh-huh. Um, I just had like a, like, a, I don't know, I think I graduated with like a 2.7 GPA or yeah, something that sounds, like that. Was like, yeah. No, um. But and then I went to art school, um, where I also did not, did not get particularly good grades. Um, but uh, join the club on that. Oy, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I didn't. You know, I think I never got like I never got like in trouble for my grades per se. Right. Um, right. Did you get? Do you feel like that your sister? Uh, what was going on with her might and she's a lot older in as for you know growing up with her four mm-hmm. and a half years you said right yeah so do you think that did you ever feel like you were getting you might not have resented it but did it did it happen that you got ignored or that you weren't focused on that your sister took like the bulk of the attention of your parents uh-huh. you were kind of like left alone a little bit you could just procrastinate or do whatever you wanted yeah yeah i think that's that's fair although i i think if you would ask me i would have said like that's that's good i have my own you know right (laughs) well who doesn't want to have their own space keeps them off my back how does your husband respond to your you he knows you're a procrastinator Mm -hmm. for sure right yeah i mean that's an issue or or it's like out there it's right you're not hiding it from him so what's his take on it um i mean you know it's not like he ever yells at me about it or no. anything like that because my work isn't like yeah his, you're getting it done. No, no yeah. the results are there yeah There's no question yeah we're i'm not talking about it. paying my the half results. of the results we're not um, talking about the results whatsoever yeah. we're talking about the process yeah um i mean he just it's incomprehensible to him because he is a super focuser so mm-hmm. it's just not a problem he's ever had mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i think he's sort of mystified by it does he worry like is it's a concern to you which i understand it mm-hmm. has a frustration aspect to it but is he d- does he 
is it something that he's concerned about or is it something like oh emily yeah she's got a problem with frustration she's great whatever um no i mean because i don't really talk to him about it that much and you know if, if i'm like i feel like bad because i believe he's like you shouldn't feel that way like i mean he's like right. that's sort of the <laughs> extent of his he's like, no, like <laughs> but does he ever say like if you hadn't procrastinated and been on the the wet the dark web right the dark playground web uh you could have uh taken um, uh, take what's your child's name augustine augustine right uh, uh to school no 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 nothing like that i mean it the only thing he ever gets frustrated with is like if i have been um unwise with my finances um if i'm like ah can i give you the half of the rent in a couple days he's like jesus christ like you know like you know why did you buy shoes um, <laughs> so yeah that's the only thing he ever gets like annoyed by okay. we have a pretty good rhythm in terms of, like he always brings tug to school tug is her nickname um so because he's just up anyway right. and then we kind of switch off picking her up so the the point i'm making here is mm. that it's clear that the only person who ca- who's being say hurt or mm. or disappointed or frustrated by the procrastination is you yeah i think that <laughs> <laughs> i think that's fair <laughs> so you can you so i'm so it's not really i mean what i what i'm thinking about is that it seems to be fine mm-hmm. your procrastination seems to be fine right i'm a functional procrastaholic <laughs> But it's not really hurting you in the sense of you're getting your work done on right. time. Right. I don't think I've like lost. Cl- I mean, you know, I definitely I've pushed it here and there. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, I'm, I, I, I keep it pretty professional. I hope. Yeah. No, you're doing very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody, you know, I mean, there's what one of the things just so you know, folks, and uh, Emily's way too modest, but I will tell you that there was. You know, I research everybody that comes on this show and there was so much stuff. Emily's done so much stuff and there were so many books that most of the conversation we had before she came on was just to what we can we focus on to like let people know about. And I don't have that with everybody. So <laughs> you're doing just fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, the I the lights are on and the rent is paid mm-hmm. with a thing that I do where I I write jokes and draw pictures like that's that's very lucky so i, I you know I, not I, lucky but anyway so i'm wondering if uh you like in a way because you are innately you obviously as a child had innate you have um out of the box um skills or talents which is cool uh you you can't even really take credit for them they're just so innate right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh and I'm wondering if uh, you need to make things harder for yourself. Hmm. Maybe. Um, I think it might just be that, like, I uh, I have an inborn tendency towards inertia uh, that I kind of, that I fight against as, as much as I can. But, like, I've always had this sort of, like, you know... Um, I don't know, this sense of, of, like, it's hard to get myself moving. Um, so I don't know if that's like a, like, if I'm throwing that in my own path as an obstacle or if that's like just a thing to kind of try to get around. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm subconsciously doing it on purpose. Maybe I am. No, no, no. But I'm, no, but I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if like waiting, you know, delaying, having the, 
pressure from the deadline. Does that help you? Does um, that make oh, it more yeah, interesting? I, def- I definitely need to do things with deadlines. I will say that, um, especially with drawing, I um, it's sometimes really painful to draw because I feel like it's never going to be anywhere near as good as I want it to be. Right. Um, and it, I sometimes really have to like, you know, make myself sit down and do it, even though it feels like an unpleasant task oh, because, interesting. because it, um, the, the noise in my head in terms of like, you know, this is terrible. This isn't going to look, you know, like is much, much noisier with drawing than it is with writing. I don't have as nearly as much emotional baggage with writing, um, or teaching or performing or any, like mm-hmm. most of the emotional baggage concerns drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that. What, what, how were you viewed as a, you studied illustration. So how, mm-hmm. how was that? Did you, did you do okay? Or did you think like, I'm not very good at this or? I did okay. Um, I mean, I had, I had a couple really, really bad semesters. Um, my first semester of my sophomore year, like I came very close to failing out of school. Um, wow. I mean, that was, and yeah, so I, and that felt, that felt bad. Because uh-huh. um, yeah, my my sister had gotten better, but then my mom um, had a pretty spectacular breakdown. Oh God! Um, so there's instability in your family. Yeah, yeah. How come we haven't heard about that yet? That's right. interesting. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. So that was that was a tough that was a tough semester. Um, and but is that because of your lack of your lack of ability or your lack of you know getting it done? Um, I mean, that's, I think, a chicken and the egg kind of, uh, oh, okay. kind of situation. So drawing's uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Um, and you don't really like, you don't love it. Um, you don't love it. I do, do and I don't. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I want, I, I wish I had a less complicated relationship with it. Like, I wish it could just be, you know, a joyous thing more often than it is i don't expect it to be like i don't expect to like enter that state of flow or whatever uh-huh. like automatically right. but i it would be nice if that happened have a you ever often. had as a professional do you worry about your drawing like that have you ever had your drawing criticized as a professional have you ever worried do you worry about that it's not good enough yeah or? yeah 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 totally and has anybody ever like at the new yorker have they said well this isn't drawn very well we can't have this or mm. something like that no no not at the not at the new yorker i mean well I, I like some people have said um like that something looks particularly stiff or like wasn't gelling and like i you know you always take like the negative um feedback much more seriously mm-hmm. than you do positive feedback so like for every it's like a, a hundred nice sure. things equals like one shitty thing. But your drawing ability isn't something that people question. Um, I don't know. Professionally. I mean, I guess. <laughs> of course they don't. Well, not to my face. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that's what, that's all. That's what exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Because you're, it's not hurting you professionally. Like right. when it, there, I'm getting, there are things that you can, that you're concerned about, yeah. but you're actually, they're not really hurting you professionally. So like the procrastination, the drawing, they hurt, you are personally concerned about them, but like mm-hmm. that's between you and you because right. it's not really hurting you out in the world. It's not a, it's not an obstacle for you getting your work done. Right. Right. Uh, I was also going to say about the time thing, I had this other thought that I think is kind of interesting to me anyway, is that most art people I know, people who are making music or art or anything like that. Uh, aren't making a living from it mm-hmm. so they have to carve out a certain amount of time outside where they're making their money and then their time becomes a lot more precious because right. of that and i don't know if you you don't you don't have that 
problem or? Um, no, no, I don't. I mean, um, I had to get more precious um, with my time um, after the baby, after when I had a kid. Right. Of um, course. And before that, I mean, you know, let's say I was freelancing full time for ugh, she was born in 2012 for like, you know, eight years or so um, was like cause the last time I had a day job was in 2007. Mm-hmm. So, um and I mean, I just remember just oceans of time that I would just piss away in a really, really depressing way. But, um, but definitely having a kid has forced me to get that shit at least a little bit together. Mm-hmm. I mean, trust me, mm-hmm. I still find ways to fritter away. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I mean, anything that requires you to have a schedule, um, definitely makes you right. regiment it a little bit more. Right. And, um, and yeah, my, you know, besides working at record distributors, I was a waitress for a while. And that was, I think, That's like, hard. it's hard, but in some ways it's a really good day job to have because it, 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 it's, it doesn't require that much of your brain, not the, like, not it, it, your, oh, your right, soul, you know what I mean? Right, you, right. You do it and, you know, you have your day and then at the end of the day, that day is over. You don't have right. to take it home with you in the right. way that you do like other other jobs like yeah um yeah and once you get into a groove with it you can almost go into sort of autopilot uh-huh. um uh-huh. yeah i liked waitressing actually <laughs> yeah um, i yeah I, i've always i envy that i i don't have what it takes to do that i'm too like neurotic or crazy or something right. i like i yeah so i envy that ability mm-hmm. in a way i think it's a great way to make a living if you need to well i would say like i felt like i was pretty good at it like the last time I did it, but I mean, that's been a long time now. I might be terrible at it now. Who knows? Oh, no. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm too old for anybody to hire. I'll say that. Well, you don't need to, you don't need to worry about it. So I just want to point out that like you're doing the, you, you, you are, you aren't happy about you. You're, I think you're, I think you're being a little, I think you're being self-critical about things that um, no one else is being critical. It's all about you being critical to you. Right. So, like, chill, relax. <laughs> Don't Thank worry you. about it so much. Excellent. All right, good. <laughs> Procrastinate away. Fantastic. Give but, me uh, that Adderall script and we are all set here. <laughs> but I also wonder if there's partly you, there's something, I feel like, you know, this is such a shrink thing to say, but I also think that there's some reason you're hanging, you're hanging on to that. Like, I wonder if you're afraid this sounds like bullshit, but I'll just say it because I'm thinking it. Um, I'm wondering if you're hanging on to some of that self-critical view of yourself because you're afraid to let that go because if you're not as self-critical, then you won't do a good job or you won't achieve as much. Or Possibly, yeah. I mean, getting something out of that. you know, there's a sense of like, well, this is how I've done it and it's sort of working out. So if I change things, what if it stops working out? Or a sense of like, if you ever stop thinking you don't deserve something like it could be taken away from you mm-hmm. and then you're really fucked mm-hmm. do you ever um, feel like like you're a su- very successful person um do you ever feel like pinch me a, you feel like pinch me a, i don't like how did this oh, happen i think there's always like a little sense of like a, you're getting away with something like you know like mm-hmm. a, at some point you know whoever's running this is going to be like wait a second <laughs> like <laughs> i don't think everyone feels that way do you um i think you know i don't know i uh, think no. But, some people do and some people don't yeah yeah um is there anything in your career in your future that you think like oh well i'd like to do that um yeah i mean you know i i like to write um i uh you know i i like and i like being on stage i like performing i like um and yeah so um i would like to i would do like more to, performing 
I would like to do more performing. I would like to write um, for, you know, either TV, movies, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like, you know, that's sort of a space I'd like to, to move right. into. Um, right. So I think... And I, uh, be, and I want to be better at what I do do. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, which you will just right. out, just by just by the fact you're doing it. Right. Um, so I'm going to say perhaps, and, you know, perhaps that um, some of that uh, uh, self-criticism... Like if you don't need, I mean, whatever. I'm not judgmental. I mean, mm-hmm. about being self-critical. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm great at it. Mm-hmm. I'm very professionally self-critical myself. But I do think, particularly in the performing world, being self-critical like that could potentially hold you, keep you from being the person you could be on stage. Mm. I can imagine you totally being on stage. I can imagine you doing stand up. I think you could, I'm sure you could do it. And I think you'd be good at it if you wanted to. So I think though, there is a certain like, not lack of questioning yourself that helps on stage. But I also think that maybe doing more stage work might help you because you have to be so in the moment and you have such a direct relationship with the audience. They probably love you. Mm-hmm. And that might actually be a good thing for you to do more of maybe without the cartoons right what do you think about that <laughs> the idea of performing without my gimmick is terrifying which probably means i should try it and you have um, a lot of comedian friends we know that already because right. you and ophira have a sh- ophira eisenberg folks this big big npr comedian star have a show at union hall on may 31st you're not going to remember it by then but go they do the show it's called shit show emily flake and ophira eisenberg about once a month so go check it out uh there we got that in thank you uh so i just wonder if that would be a good reason for you a good idea for you yeah uh maybe maybe i should just start having a regular like i'm gonna tell you all my problems from the stage yeah, or not you show you pictures um but yeah no something to think about yeah. maybe book some more stage time yeah can yeah you, hear yeah. that america yeah i'm available for <laughs> weddings and bar mitzvahs no, no, you'd be terrible but a bar mitzvah. You're way too self-deprecating. <laughs> so we only have a minute and a half. I wanted to get to ask you about how you felt about motherhood. I don't know if we're going to get to mm-hmm. that. Like, do you feel like you do a good job as a mom? Um, you know, I, I, I feel like I do. Uh, I feel like I'm adequate. Um, I, I love her a whole lot. Yeah, we know that. Really, we know yeah, that so. for sure. We know that uh, for sure. So, yeah, you know, I think I could be a little more present. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh but yeah she's a good kid i really she's lucked a good out kid. yeah she's and a fun time do you ever feel do you worry that the other mothers are criticizing you no fuck them oh you don't care about the other mothers. i don't i do you, really do don't you have mother friends other i mothers? do i guess but I like a fear is a mother but mm-hmm. like not the mothers at the school no i mean and i have i have good i have some really good friends who are moms i actually joined the mother's group when she was a baby and i i got good very lucky you. with them and like they're you know I've, I've met some really awesome ladies um but yeah no i don't I don't brook any criticism. I mean, you know, if I hit her in public and somebody gave me side eye, that would be fair. Um, but yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that you're critical of the things that, that you know, the, the appropriate things, which is you and no one else. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep it internal. It's the way of my people. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. I want to just tell people, stay tuned. It's Elon Danzinger. Mixtapes. Uh, what does he do? 